They hate us because of our freedom. I just want to let you know that, Tricia. They hate us because we're <laughs> Johnny, so free. It's funny, funny you say that. I can't remember who the, it's like a libertarian comedian um, <laughs> who said it. But you Doug know, Stanhope, probably. Uh, pro- he said, you know, that Osama bin Laden, he wasn't walking around the desert in the Middle East and like came upon the Bill of Rights and was like, fuck, due process, let's go kill him. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. They didn't really even know we existed until we were there. Transmitting directly from the launch pad. <laughs> Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket. I'm here with my Ray Truth, Miss Rayleigh Lightheart. Hey, Johnny, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm hanging in there, having yeah. fun. Yeah, just. Interesting week. I mean, this weekend I was like alone, which is really weird for me. Because that, that, if, if that's like, if there's anything that pisses me off is being alone. Like, yeah, I, I just hate it. I know you're very social. I am a social creature and I'm like, and broke. So if you're alone <laughs> and broke, at least when you're like, have some coin, you can like go down to the, you know, the local watering hole. Right. Meet some old VFW guy, start about army. You know, whatever. Right. Not anymore. I can't do that. You know what I mean? So I'm broke. You need to play some WoW. No, I'm not getting into that too, because (laughs) I want to like have a life too. So like if I get into something, I I, I just can't do it. So I I just can't do it. You have to be the best at it and you won't have time for that because liberty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Kim went to uh, Massachusetts. This is why I was alone. And Mm -hmm. she did her, you know, debate, you know, with Matt Welsh from Reason Magazine and uh, did that took kicked ass was uh, nice. one straw poll. So I'm excited for I'm like baby. Good, baby. Good, baby. Good. <laughs> good. You're a good girl. Yeah, she did really good. And so other than that, bam, here I am talking to you and uh, awesome. It's always fun doing these shows and we have a very cool guest. I know. All right. So war in Yemen has killed over 10,000 people and has endangered millions more. Now, questions are being raised on Capitol Hill and inside the State Department about U.S. support for the Saudi-led coalition and whether Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates are doing enough to limit or prevent civilian killings. Today, we're going to talk about the war in Yemen war and lipstick. Our guest is Trisha Stewart. She is a reformed neoconservative turned anarcho-capitalist. She is active in the liberty movement in Northeast Ohio and is a Mises Caucus member of the Libertarian Party. Trisha manages social media marketing for several libertarian pages and uses personal social media to bring libertarian ideas to broader audiences through humor, culture, and infotainment. I kind of like that. I like mm. infotainment. I like, I'm going to steal that one. Trisha has a background in music and theater and is classically trained vocalist. She works in sales and when she's not abolishing the state. And Raylene, prepare for liftoff. Ooh, copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast off with Trisha Stewart. Well, thank you so much for having me. 
rock and roll. So, you know, you're kind of a busy person. And when I talked to you on the phone, we briefly discussed kind of what we're going to do on the show. And you wanted to talk about the war. And I'm like, you know what? We haven't really done another war show in a while. Like, we've talked about how wars are bad. But we haven't been really schooled on some of these things. And the actual conflict in Yemen is kind of something that's really chapping your ass as of this time. Um, <laughs> what started this war in Yemen and what is the history behind the war? Sure. So uh, let me start off by saying that I am in no way, shape or form a foreign policy expert. Yes, you are. Just um, say you are. Just... <laughs> okay. All right. I am. I, I've said it and so it is so. There it enthusiast. is. Maybe Good an enthusiast. Now. No, no, no. Yes. Just, just own it. You know and you've been you've been studying this and you you've told me like some really crazy ideas and abstract ideas that I don't think the average American knows about. Well, I would say having been a neoconservative and coming over some of the uh, issues that I'm most passionate about are the ones that I was on the wrong side of. So mm -hmm. being anti-war and anti-police state are my two biggest issues. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I could speak economics all day, but the liberals are they're kind of low hanging fruit to me. <laughs> to be they honest. are. They are. Yeah. yeah. And. Right now, as we speak, the worst thing that is happening on the face of the planet is happening in Yemen, and the U.S. government is complicit. Okay. And I don't think people understand the depth. You did say something about 10,000 people. It's actually upwards of 250,000 civilians. It will probably reach Holocaust numbers wow. uh, by the time that this ends. Yeah. Okay, well, oh, my, no. my information was a little old, so <laughs> sorry oh, about that. No, no, no. Actually, there's a lot of uh, different information out there. And obviously, I follow, um, I don't follow mainstream media outlets, although I know their numbers. I'm usually into alternative media. Um, and so if you can truly get a real grasp on it, it's, it's horrifying. And I don't think that's necessarily on the American individual or you or I to know that. Nobody's really reporting it. I mean, you have to dig for this stuff. I'm um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Let's start with the drone strikes, with the Obama administration gaining notoriety over their use of drone strikes, and now that Trump is picking up the mantle. How is the U.S. not held accountable for acts of war with countries we aren't even officially at war with? Well, sure. I think that goes probably back to, um, if we go down back to 2002, where we had authority to pretty much declare war without declaring war, um, mm -hmm. the authorization against al-Qaeda, regardless of geography or declaring war. So our representatives, and I say that loosely, being an anarchist, um, mm -hmm. are complicit in that, and they kind of took that and ran with it. Um, it did really get drummed up during the Obama administration. So if you look back just like at the start of the war, what happened was, um, so Yemen, it's it is the poorest country in the Middle East. Um, mm -hmm. These people really don't have a lot. Um, and so there's a power struggle there. Saudi Arabia and Iran, um, they're just as power hungry as, as we are. And so at the start of the war, uh, you've got the deputy crown prince, a defense minister, 28-year-old Mohammed bin Salman. So he was the son of the king. It just took on his new title. Um, and he's looking for power. It's a power grab. Mm -hmm. um, and it was only about victory. You know, just sure. it's, du it's, it's dudes flexing. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So basically, it's just a, a power struggle between Yemen and Iran. Yes. And what, yeah, what's interesting about that, um, and, and it's a proxy war, obviously, because there's actors that don't have much of a say in the governments necessarily there. So there's disputes between Yemen and Saudi Arabia over territorial rights. Some of it's energy related, uh, whatever. I mean, men, you know, it's basically a big magazine contest. Okay. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that Bigger all than politics? yours, dude. <laughs> Bigger than yeah. yours. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'm, I'm allowed to say whatever I want on your guys' show, right? Because I've listened to it before. No, it's PG. 
This is okay. actually a G-rated show. We we, uh. we like the children. <laughs> we we don't actually say whatever the hell you want. I don't. Ah, oh, well. <laughs> side note: I was really super happy because I just went up onto the We Are Libertarians network, and they had to mark my show explicit. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. So street cred. Yeah, my kid. My kids didn't find it as cool as I did. So. No, but you know what's funny is uh, we, we were doing this. Uh, Ray, I know we're going to jump off subject here really quick, but Raylene was talking about this too because when we first started the show, it was like the first 10 episodes, I believe, were basically like, <laughs> that, <laughs> you. <laughs> and then what happened was, is somebody, like, I think it was you, Raylene. You're like, yeah. why don't we do a clean version? So, like, basically, it'd just be nothing but bleeps in the first, you know. Actually, it I was- think. The, fu- the first time I heard it, I laughed my ass off. By oh, the way. it was funny. <laughs> so we actually, when we released the show, we put we have like a, a free version, which is all bleeped. So like to actually understand some of the content, you actually have to subscribe. So go back to what you're saying. I'm sorry about that. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, you can. Uh, trust me, if you've ever seen or heard any one of my shows, it's I have ADHD, so I'm all good. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, so me do too, I. girl. So do we oh, all. That's why we're living together. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah so we're, we'll go back to the, the war. Um, there's disputes between Yemeni and Saudi uh, territorial rights, um, energy concerns. So Isa Bloomy made this argument um, around, the, uh, around the Empire podcast, and you can go listen to that. Um, I follow uh, Libertarian Institute and anti-war uh, very closely because they just have a great way of laying it out. So I just want to plug them. But um, so the Saudi interests, we go over that. And then what happens is... Uh, we go jump forward to the Obama administration because even though I hate to say it, Bush really didn't um, agitate this right. war, um, okay. even though he's a big piece of crap. Um, so he just laid out the groundwork to make did. it happen. Right. Yeah, and you can kind of go back to the story of when they bombed the uh, car and there was an American citizen in there. And it, so, it, I mean, he definitely played a part in it, but the escalation comes under the Obama administration. So Obama signs the Iran nuke deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. We all know about that, which actually wasn't necessarily in its entirety a, a horrible thing. So the Saudis, they get a little pissed, you know, and they claimed that they were concerned about the U.S. repositioning themselves to back Iran. Um, and then the fake threat of the Saudi nuke pro- or the Iran nuke program, it like really pissed them off. Right. So then you're, you're going to jump forward to the Arab Spring in Yemen. So like 2010, 2011, uh, the Yemeni leader, Ali Abdullah Salah, was removed from power. Uh, somebody tried to kill him. He didn't actually die. So when he's recovering, Hillary basically, what our government did under our favorite favorite female in the whole entire universe, I love Hillary her. Clinton. Yeah, she's amazing, she's right? Amazing. Uh, she, <laughs> who's with her? I, 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 <laughs> and when I see somebody with that bumper sticker, I'm like, cool. You know, that's what I, I think. Know. You know what I mean? Sorry. If you're a Democrat yeah. oh, listening. Yeah. Oh, no. Your tool. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, oh and especially, I'm just going to side note with my ADHD. <laughs> I got into this argument with a feminist, which I rarely do just because obviously low hanging fruit. Boring. But yeah, but she's like this. She almost tried to like make this argument that Hillary Clinton was playing 4D chess as well. I'm like, yeah, <sighs> she literally like is responsible for murder of like little children. She's like, yeah, but it was 4D chess. I'm like, do you even know what you're saying? Right yeah, now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's absolutely um, ridiculous. It's all about the sacrifice, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's, I can, you know, I can wear a pink vagina hat because that's the end goal <laughs> right. of my life. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So as America does uh, often mm-hmm. and very poorly, 
we get involved in democratic elections, even though I wouldn't necessarily say they're democratic. And I'm not even saying any of these players are necessarily good actors. Absolutely. So we, we fool with the election there. Okay. So then there's two groups of people. Um, there was a power grab for Yemen. So the Houthi aligned, um, the Houthi rebels aligned with the new Yemeni government. And then the Saudis are pissed as hell. And that's probably most of the reason for the war. And so we have different factions. What's ironic is the Houthis had fought Al-Qaeda. Okay. And so in this war, we're backing somebody that was actively fighting Al-Qaeda. We mm-hmm. are defending Al-Qaeda. Interesting. Yeah, that's the thing, though. It's like, and we're supporting them. So from what I've read is that the U.S. isn't being like directly involved, but we're providing a lot of support militarily, too. So especially Mm -hmm. with the bombings, you know, like they'll bring on they'll bring in planes and do the refueling to the, you know, the F-15s that, you know what I'm saying, in uh, Yemen. But that that's what's hilarious is that that isn't reported like they're not talking like we are in the war but we're not actually like are we actually shooting people no but we're we're definitely one step away from that by supporting them in this Mm -hmm. oh exactly and you know i would say that if somebody uses our military base to refuel and their bombs have made of the united states of america on it and it hits a bus of school children that is war that is if somebody that happened to be born here or naturalized here stands on their soil and shoots somebody, it's the same damn thing. Actually, it's right. probably worse, to be right. honest. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. like, and I, oh, go ahead, Riley. I'm sorry. Oh, oh no, no. I'm, I'm, go ahead. I'm well, I was just going to say that, you know, the U.S. is supporting the war, but I've read that it's providing close to $5 million, no, excuse me, $5 billion in sales to Saudi Arabia. Yes. So, like, all of our, all of our military equipment, uh, jets, uh, artillery, weapons, it doesn't matter. They're our top buyer, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And they're turning mm-hmm. around, and we're selling it to them, and they're turning around and bombing the piss out of Yemen and killing, like, hundreds and thousands of innocent mm-hmm. lives. Like, I've heard, like, the civilian casualties are just out of control. You said, I said uh, over 10,000. You're saying it's closer to 200,000. This is yes. fucking sad, and we need, be, we need to be doing something about this. And I don't think people know really what's going on in Yemen. I think this is a great opportunity for us to actually focus in on it. The type of war that Saudi Arabia uh, and us by, by proxy are waging against these people is a genocide. So uh, what they're doing, what you would normally do in a war, um, so, you know, you would bomb certain facilities. Obviously, you wouldn't bomb a hospital. So we send a list of do not bomb targets. Right. Um, but it's only, hey, here's a grain silo or this or that. Well, it's obvious like that you know when you're making war. Right. Um, you don't bomb a Red Cross on the top of the building because that's a hospital. But what Saudi Arabia says when they bomb hospitals or water treatment plants or sewage plants is they say, oh, that wasn't on the do not bomb list. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no repercussion. So we've been literally cutting off food supply. We have been bombing like herds of sheep and cattle because it is like, so these people are starving. There's children dying of curable diseases Wow! because there's nowhere for that, them to get. There's no cl- uh, clean water. Uh, the civilian population is suffering far more than any, I would say, you know, military, uh, Personnel. It's always the civilians that suffer, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. always the people. It's never the rich. It's never the leaders. It's never the ones waging the war and playing games like this. It's it's always the children and their parents. Yeah. Destroy, it, it, 
you know, totally understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yes, because um, it's very important to keep the ones that hold the guns. It's not so important to keep the people that have no power. And that's just throughout history, you know. Well, and it's also funny that you bring up, like, basically, we called it ROE. So when I was in the military, rules of engagement. So there's certain things that you can't do and you can do in war. And basically, rules of engagement have gotten so crazy in regular military operations. So, for example, you can't really fire unless you're fired upon, right? You can return fire, but you can't fire first, right? Which, to me, is dangerous for our Joes that you know, actually believe that they're fighting for liberty and peace and prosperity. Mm. But at the same time, when they have third parties doing it, like you have Blackwater or whatever, third, mm-hmm. like mercenaries or other countries, they'll support any of it. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it goes against Geneva Conventions, bomb the goddamn, you know, hospitals, bomb the kids, mm-hmm. bomb, bomb the schools, right. weaken their morale. Uh, that, that That's the loophole in the system. The mercenaries can go in there... That's illegal by normal yes. military war standards. Yes. But then they'll say, well, we didn't hire it. We didn't do yeah. it. We didn't do it. Wanna, this is I some. I want to jump in here because you're yeah. totally right. And and let's not forget that one of the favorite uh, uh, neocon and conservative talking points is, and I know this because I talked to my own family about it. We're all we neocons, me. ex-neocons uh-huh. right here. Yeah, we, all are, of us. we all three are, yes. Yeah. Uh, we, we get into these discussions about this and it's, they say, well, they're hiding their terrorists in the <laughs> hospitals and using children as shields. I mean, this, their whole point right. is it's okay to bomb citizens, uh, American citizens too, and civilians in these hospitals and, and schools and wedding parties and whatever else it may be, because they have this belief that terrorists are hiding among the, these poor people. Right. I mean, what, what do you have to say about that, Tricia? Uh, no, I think that's a, an excellent point. And I think there's such cognitive dissonance with the American people. Um, so where where's your morality? So you say, uh, well, we're, we're fighting off possible would-be terrorists, which we've actually grown pretty much ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for a few children to die as long as they're not our children here that the terrorists would blow up. Right. Uh, where's gotta, the respect crack for a human life? to make an omelet, yeah. right? I mean, how often do you think they're hiding behind children, uh, the terrorists? Is, it, is that a thing? There's a lot of false flags that would, would definitely say that. And in fact, it's funny because the Bush administration perpetuated this idea that yeah. uh, they're sleeper cells and they're, they're all here and they're coming to get us. And um, that really wasn't true. Al-Qaeda didn't have a lot of sleeper cells and they weren't really doing that. But in what he did by waging this war and then Obama, Obama just like blowing it up full scale. Yeah, trickle down. They made that possible. They're making sure. us less safe. So what happens is now we will have sleeper cells. These people grew up now. They're 17, 18 year old boys in the Middle East that only know us for our aggression. Mm. Yeah, you bet your ass they're going to come here and try to kill us. Yeah, they yeah. they hate us because of our freedom. I just want to let you know that, Tricia. They hate us because we're <laughs> Johnny, so free. It's funny. it's funny you say that. I can't remember who the, it's like a libertarian comedian um, <laughs> who said it. But he no, goes, uh, Doug Stanhope, probably. Uh, pro- he said, you know, that Obama or Osama bin Laden wasn't, and, and number one, he's an evil asshole, just because I'm sympathetic no, to no, why I, somebody I would it. want to do something. Yeah, doesn't mean I don't think they're a horrible person. Right. But he wa- he wasn't walking around the desert in the Middle East and like came upon the Bill of Rights and was like, fuck, due process, let's go kill them. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. they, they, they don't even know like 
that they didn't really even know we existed until we were there. Exactly. Right. Yeah, we are sticking our nose, and it's all you know, it's all political, and it is oil. You know, it's all about yeah. you know the oil out there. And how many mm-hmm. countries are actually involved in this? Like, I know okay. that it's not just like Iran lot. and Saudi Arabia. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's several by proxy that are involved in uh, the Middle East war. But it was funny because I try to keep up on these numbers and I have some good friends that are just much, much better at understanding this than me. I just try to give a really generic overview because most people are not going to get into the weeds on this. But do you know what's funny? The U.S. claims seven involvements in the world. Of course, we can't declare war because that would, you know. That would actually require Congress. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and our little constitutional piece of paper might get mad. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. We, yeah. <laughs> we claim seven wars, which would be Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Yemen, Somalia, Libya, and Niger. Okay, right now. Mm. We're actually in 134 conflicts in the world. And wow. these are what we know. These are what we can, you know, just deduce from open information. So God knows, it's probably well over 200. Right. And- do you know that we have military installations and operational installations in 40% of the nations in the world? I yes. did not know that. Yeah, it, that's larger than Nazi Germany had. And, and what is the purpose of this? I mean, I, I believe I know, but will you explain what the government is doing that for? You, you know, they don't even really uh, justify it. I, it goes back to that. Uh, and we've always done this, but that 2002, um, you know, uh, congressional authority to just basically involve ourselves everywhere in the world following the Patriot Act and those type of things. Mm -hmm. I don't think that people understand that was a pivotal moment for the United States that basically said constitution. Yeah. What is good non-interventionalism, which we've done since, you know, the twenties really actually before that, but uh, what it did, that was such a turning point that now it's just the norm for us to be everywhere. Because we're so scared of terrorists. Yeah. It, actually, I could tell you why they do it. It's all tactics and, st- and strategy. Bully tactics. Uh, well, no, but the, what they do is they want, if you have a footprint in this region, they want to have as many footprints as possible in every region they can for military reasons. So it's easier to strike somebody if you don't have to refuel. Um, it's easier right. to strike if you have a base here. Now, I, I'm sure that a lot of these conflicts, they're probably limited to like, Special forces, Delta, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It could be training. It could be a small firefight here and there. I don't think there's military bases. There might be a camp somewhere, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. 10 dudes in the woods, you know. But that's still technically a conflict of some sort, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's all about strategic foot footprints, right? And so if that this is why they want to have bases everywhere. This is why we haven't left Germany. This is why we haven't left Korea. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the South Koreans can defend themselves against the North, but we want a strategic foothold, you know, in Asia. And so yeah. Korea and Japan are our two places that and, and they're ideal to fight, you know, the commie red China versus and the, <laughs> and the f- jobs in North Korea. But th- this is all strategic footprinting. And oh, we've it's, done this. It's also just the presence there by America and people knowing that we can go to war at any point will make them comply and do business with us. Right. Um, sure. Keeping our, you know, the petrodollar uh, trying to, to this is all part of this. And, and even the NATO, Trump wanted to leave NATO, right? Uh, this is what he said. And, and NATO is just a jobs program for military industrial complex and outdated <laughs> Cold War alliance. Oh, I'm quoting you on that, program. Raylene. I'm that's quoting good. you. That's, that's amazing. Good. 
<laughs> that's and, that's uh, it's and, a and jobs so, program. Um, and, and the the Democrat controlled House just followed the Senate in January, passing legislation forbidding the president from ever being able to withdraw from NATO. I mean, that just happened. Wow. So, I mean, that what is this really about, right? It's, it's, are we really afraid of Russia again? I mean, this is just such a freaking giant false flag, in my opinion. I don't yeah. know. What do you guys think? Russia's the boogeyman. He's a wonderful <laughs> boogeyman, too, because everybody has this idea of, you know, this foreign entity that at one time had some sort of power in the world. We had this Cold mm-hmm. War and, you know. Red Dawn. Big competitor. Yeah, it's Red Dawn and it's Rocky Four. You yeah. know, it's yeah. And actually, I like both those movies. Just to let you know. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah, <laughs> they were great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wolverines! Well, um, All right, sorry. Just had to yeah, say Yeah, so we also have, which another thing you're talking about is what we were doing in Yemen. And let's talk about sanctions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, are sanctions an act of war? Because Turkey plans on purchase. They just announced that they are thumbing their nose at us, kind of saying that they plan on purchasing uh, weapons and a, a missile system from Russia, mm-hmm. and which is going to defy a 2017 law forcing the U.S. to use sanctions. And I think that's through NATO also. So if we're going to be forced to sanction Turkey, uh, what do you think that's going to do to the people of Turkey and their children? Well, number one, I think sanctions are an act of war. Absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. Um, there's a great, I think it is by Smedley Butler, and correct me if I'm wrong, that when goods and services do not cross borders, soldiers will. That's correct. Isn't that Bastiat? Is, is that? I, it may be Bastiat, but you got the quote right. That is yeah. correct. When goods and services um, do not cross borders, soldiers will. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and so when you're saying that, just like what with what happened with Japan in World War II, I, I'm not saying Japan was great. Again, that goes back to just because you have an enemy doesn't mean you need to destroy him. Uh, maybe make nice with him. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but what that does, it, it hurts the people of that country, and it's going to do the same thing. And so. You know what? I don't understand why we need to intervene. We are not the world's police. This impetus on us that if there's something wrong happening and if we don't intervene, then we're at fault. Uh, that's not sure. true. And, and who makes the U.S. the moral authority? Can we just take a look around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's a good point, Raylene. It's like, why are we involved? And again, our country was founded on being non-interventionalists. Like we will, mm-hmm. we're not pacifists. Uh, our country was founded on the ideas, leave us alone. And that's right. what we wanted. And again, now we, you know, we started making money. We got this world trade. And now we're like, you know, we hold the, the world's reserve currency. Uh, we're big and bad. We're an empire. We are the stormtroopers. Our military are oh, yeah. the stormtroopers. And yeah. I mean, it's sad, but like I always ask people this question. Do you like Star Wars? Everyone's like, yeah, I love Star Wars. What if we're the bad guys? Like those guys think that they're in the right. Those stormtroopers think that they're the good guys. Do you remember Clerks? Yeah. When they were talking about the Death Star and how many contractors and their families were sure. got killed when they yeah. blew the Death Star. Do you sure. remember that I mean, scene? It's funny, but it's it's true. <laughs> I mean, think about yeah. it. Do you really honestly believe that the stormtroopers would join something if they didn't think it was good? Right. They, well, they had to also. I mean, when you they kind of opened that up with the new the new part of the franchise and and that they were raising people as kind of like slaves to be the new stormtroopers. But it was they still, were people. but it was still 
brainwashing, and they still thought mm-hmm. that they were doing the right thing. I mean, what's modern-day patriotism? Um, I grew up, and I felt a lot of pride in even being a patriot. I mean, we were all neocons. We understand the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, when, when the common person that I talk to, especially the conservatives and Republicans that are all about the war— uh, they seem to believe that we are a moral authority, that they themselves are a moral authority. Therefore, our government is representative of us and they are a moral authority. That's right. But how can they turn a blind eye to all these people? You know, 50 percent of the nation mm-hmm. is on the other side voting against them. You know, those That's people. True. How can they not see that brain loop? Yeah, Trisha, what do you think? I mean, what's your point? I think that's a good point, Raylene, because um, having grown up a neocon and I'm a Christian, I'm an Mm -hmm. anarcho-Christian. Me too. um, Everybody, a a lot of, um, when I say, well, I'll say to my parents, and they're like, well, Israel's our best friend. I'm like, no, Israel's making us more dangerous. Why do we need to redefend them? They're not, you know. um, But they'll go to that point that America was founded as a Christian nation. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I always say, Nations are inherently secular. Yes, that's true. The kingdom, the kingdom of God, does not bow to a king that kills other people. So, mm-hmm. um, if you are willing to dismiss, do not kill, which is part of the Ten Commandments, and it's mm-hmm. fluid throughout other religions too. Obviously, don't take someone's life if you're not being threatened. Is pretty right. much you know a thread throughout any type of religion or you know. I agree. Moral. Yeah, good point. Uh, so. So how can a nation be Christian? It cannot be. There it is can. no nation. Yeah. And, it, and that's right. kind of actually what brought me over to anarchism. It was just like, I can't pray to somebody that does things that are against mm-hmm. the law of God. I mm-hmm. just can't do it. Yeah, I like what you're saying, because what's really important to remember is that religion is run by man. So uh, for all those people that are uh, identify as Christian, just just any listeners out there or, fr- or or listeners that have friends or family that are Christian, it's it's a really good way to break this down is uh, Romans 13 and the way that he explained what Caesar's even was. Um, it's a, it's a really cool story. But on top of that, if the people of the way, the people that were followers of the ideals of, uh, the NAP basically on many ways and, um, living outside of, uh, man's politics. Mm -hmm. And if you are in a rules of a religion, then that can be exploited to abuse others, just like statism itself is a religion. So yeah, the followers of Christ were not in a religion, Okay, religion is is what people do, right? Yeah. Faith faith is what you do with your creator. Absolutely. Um, I'm getting kind of deep into philosophy here, but I really, really enjoy philosophy. So you can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're serving the state and it's making you ignore what the tenets of maybe Christianity or Judaism or Buddhism, uh, which yeah. is not necessarily religion, but it is, to be honest. But if it conflicts with that, then how can you say, well, this man-made religion of statism mm-hmm. overrides the uh, relationship between me and the person that is the author of Absolutely. Time. Anarchy is the only way for mm-hmm. everyone. Anarchy is the best for no matter what you believe. Anarchy is the only way to do things the right way. Yeah. Like, so I, I'm not religious, but yeah. I am a Buddhist. If there's any religion that I adhere to. I love I, Buddhism. I've been yeah. digging deep into it. And actually you can, you can subscribe like I subscribe to uh, Anarchobuddhist.com. And, uh, Listen, oh, oh, we're making T-shirts. I got a Red Bubbles shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. No, and I'm like, yeah. I, I, but I, I agree with you. You said that you know, actually, it was founded being very secular. 
they didn't really want to bring religion into it. They they no. said God in a very generic sense. Yeah, and the, of the idea term. that they were all born again Christians, the founders, it's that's ridiculous. not true. That's not true. Oh, it, oh, we could go into that because I think in the 1920s there was this huge movement, which was actually brought about by socialists, mm-hmm. uh, of this new movement of American evangelical Christianity was was very. Um, antithetical to what, you know, Christian philosophy had grown since actually Christ walked the earth. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of like Thomas Paine and were not those type of people. And there was a movement by socialists to kind of make this American nationalist, yes. evangelical and it's Christianity. it's called the Prost- Protestants. And, and that's what happened. <laughs> and they were the Republicans at and the time. The flag, the flag worship started around then too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I love telling that story to my family because they're so very, oh, they're such... And I love them. I don't ever mean. I, I Me too. A little bit. Do they love Kaepernick? Uh, they hate him. <laughs> I figured. Yeah. So I used to, I used to run a page um, that was a Tommy Lawrence Booth page, Tommy Lawrence Booth page, um, <laughs> and I would do like a ridiculous. I would do it in her voice. I'm a theater. I'm a, I'm a theater person, so I'd make memes about her and whatever. But I noticed on Twitter, and I'm just trying to dig into Twitter a little more. I'm not as good at that as I am at like Facebook or Insta. I'm loving but, Twitter. She uh, she had a shirt that said, I don't kneel. And it obviously had the uh, thin blue line flag on it. And I said, tell that to an officer giving you commands. <laughs> and, wow. and all these people went off. Like, I hope you get shot by the police. You yep. should shut your mouth. I thought, God, this is just me saying a word or a sentence on Twitter. And yep. it's free speech. I never, inc- I never incited violence, even though I don't think that words are violence. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, things I know. that I thought. Was- Sometimes you, sure. you want, you think of violence. I mean, I've been there right. where somebody was like, oh, I'm going to kill him. No, no. Actually doing it. is, in, is yeah. them, and they want to incite violence. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, Johnny, I read your article that you just put out today for Launchpad about Antifa. And it's, it's so very ironic. That these people that say that words are violence use physical violence instead. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So make sure you check out America's fastest growing number one pro-liberty radio program, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is on how many nights a week, Raylene? Seven nights a week. There you go. On 190 plus radio stations, coast to coast, and it's pro-liberty every issue every time. So check out freetalklive.com. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Anyways, oh, this is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas, and we'll be right back with Trisha Stewart, and we're going to do Rocket Fire. So stick around. Rock and roll. Take my hand and that's not really I'm here with my real truth, Miss Rayleigh Lightheart. 
Trisha's awesome. Trisha Stewart, here on Blast Off. Hello, my lovelies. Thank you so much for being here, Trisha. You're you're, you're awesome. You're, you're hilarious. Aww. I love it. I love, I love you it. guys. I love you guys. This has been great. Yeah, I, I, we're like upbeat. We're actually kind of fun. We're not like, and today... We're going to talk a, about... And this is a not fun topic. Can this, I is not, like, this is not... This is a horrible <laughs> no. topic. It's like, it's like, how could you bring... How can you find comedy in war? And I'm like, well, I, you can find comedy in anything, really. But it's just... Fart jokes. Comedy is the remedy to tragedy. It is. But at the same time, mm-hmm. people... I mean, I think this is important that we talk about these maybe not so, you know... They're depressing topics. They're, they suck. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk about war. And it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. People don't want to think... All of, about all these people who are dying daily in these conflicts across the world, and people want to go off in their other realm and watch sports, you know, or Game of Thrones. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm again, I'm bashing on Game of Thrones. I shouldn't because I know it's, <laughs> it's a good thing. Off I know it's good. Head. I know you like it. I watch MCU. All right, so leave me alone. I get it. I'm an. <laughs> okay, so Trisha, what we do here on the second segment? It's called Rocket Fire. What we do on Rocket Fire, Trish, is I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related. And if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Trisha, Trisha, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? I'm scared. All right, here we go. (laughs) Question one. What issues do you think are the most important regarding criminal justice reform? Um, I think bail reform is super important. I work with Puncture the Silence here in Cleveland. Um, So what happens a lot of times, uh, people that are poor, uh, they get put and held before they've been on trial. And actually here in the Cuyahoga County Jail, we've had nine people die in holding cells. So these people are not getting due process. Um, They're being held for nonviolent offenses. They don't have the money. They can't go to work and their families are suffering. So I think that is a really real way that we can work especially as LP people, because yes, I still work in the party, um, uh, that we can work for bail reform. So I would say, I don't know if it's one of the most important, but it's one of the most passionate uh, things that I work towards. Bam, great answer. Question two, what is your definition of leadership? Um, A leader doesn't tell people what to do. They show people what to do. So you can lead best by example. I mean, it's a simple cliche, but it's very true. So if people see you working in the weeds and working hard and, and being creative and productive, I think naturally by human nature, people will follow suit. So I think the best leaders are the best examples. I think so too. And I think mimicry, if somebody's trying to do something that you're doing is the highest form of flattery. So like, exactly. you know what I mean? I've seen people who do, who mimic other people, but by them mimicking, it's, it, if some people would say, oh, that's theft or you're stealing <laughs> ideas. no. It's, it's an actual compliment. It's flattery. Question three. What do you think of the role of corporate America in regards to peace building? And do you think they have an obligation? Oh, this is difficult. Um, so obligation is a strange word. So I believe in the non-aggression principle, and I don't believe that there is such a thing as like a positive rights where you owe other people things. However, in, in the realm of my heart and my morality and my spirituality, I am called and I took the call voluntarily to help other people. So corporations, number one in America, are corrupt and in bed with the government. There's very few that can act independently. So it's such a muddled, mixed system. It's it's kind of hard to um, differentiate. But I would say as a human being, Uh through my faith, not through 
a libertarianism or a liberty lens. I feel it is on me to help other people if I can. I do feel that I should. So if I owned a corporation, I suppose I would do the same. I don't know. Okay. So they have no obligation, but it's in their best interest to maybe help or do something. They have no obligation to another human being. However, they may have obligation to a higher power. Bam. Rock and roll. Question four. What gets too much attention in the news? I would say uh, party politics, for sure. Okay. Um, you know, we, like Donald Trump said this mean thing and this guy said this thing back. And I think that is a really good distraction from what's happening in the world. We just talked about Yemen. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows going on there, even libertarians. And it's, no, they I don't. don't even think the onus, is, uh, the onus is on them to know. My God, we all have lives. We have jobs and families. But party politics, almost like celebrity politics, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, they definitely are a huge distraction and they're really unimportant. I agree. I really don't care about what JLo's doing now. Is she even like right. cool anymore? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. Who, I am not cool. I, I, oh, I got, remember, I got marked explicit. My kids didn't think it was cool. So I, thought, I think it's this. badass. I think it's <laughs> badass. And I still okay. smoke and I like being explicit. So call all me right. Gen X. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm the very, very top of the uh, millennial. I'm okay. like just squeaking it out. So yeah, I'm Gen X. Bam. All right. Question five. Why was lipstick invented? Um, I actually have a really interesting story about this. Thank you so much, Johnny. I'm very excited about this. Um, okay. <laughs> so I have an unnatural obsession with red lipstick. Um, but if you look into the science behind it, and I'm very much into uh, the science behind um, evolutionary biology and uh, what happens between the sexes. Okay. Uh, so a lot of the most desirable looks would be red or pink lipstick because they represent ripe fruit. And so that automatically triggers a desire in people. I'm in sales. I wear red lipstick constantly. It's one of my um, just... Your gimmick. I, I have, it's a gimmick and it's something for people to remember by. I also have red hair, so that helps. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, people need to have something to, to remember and attach their memory to. Sure. But fresh fruit is desirable to men and women. So red lipstick would be a way of representing ripe fruit and uh, having a, a way to look useful and young and desirable and edible to people. So that's actually the origin of lipstick. I know a lot about that, actually. <laughs> I, I'm, I, okay. I just I just asked you that question. I was just like, that would be a great question because you were wanting okay. to talk about lipstick, and here we are. I am obsessed. I'm there obsessed. You go. If you look at my lo- if you look at my logo for my podcast, it has my red lips on it, there which it is. is actually that was drawn by my daughter. She's amazing. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Question six. What is most important for social peace and prosperity? Equality, equity, or justice? Oh, that's a good question. Um, So I actually seek peace over justice because I think justice is very difficult to find in this life because human beings are corruptible. Um, And peace wasn't on that list, was it? No. How would you define equity? Money. Like for social peace, if everyone's financially okay, you know, making money, actually well, having would, some money coming in. I, I guess as a dirty <laughs> capitalist, I would say equity. I would say that too. And okay. I guess my second one, you know, me personally, I would say justice because I mean, I would like equality of opportunity, but not equality of outcome. Yeah. There's a tacitus statement. Um, he, he was a there philosopher it, and, and you can't, there, there's no such thing. We're not, none of us are born equal. We have, we deserve equal 
uh, natural rights, and I do believe in natural rights, and we could go off all day and have some, ne- some neckbeard yell at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're all natural right libertarians here. But like what I'm saying okay. is equity, I, I, I agree with you on. I think if mm-hmm. we all have, if we're all comfortable, we're not going to worry about all this, you know. Right. Uh, we're not going to worry about envy economics, as Raylene would say. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Raylene, I like that. Why are we not besties already? What yeah. the hell is now. happening? Done. <laughs> Done. Okay. Check. Just. Okay. Question seven. What global entanglements and future wars do you see on the horizon? Um, so what's happening in the Middle East uh, with the Yemen proxy war and Iran? And I, I'm grateful that Trump, I don't think, is getting pulled in as much. I, I will give the guy credit where credit is due. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm quite concerned that this yeah, uh, pull between Iran and Saudi Arabia uh, will become just a global war. I, I'm very concerned about that. And there will be a lot of death and destruction. I'm not so much concerned about North Korea. I really appreciate his actions as of late. And I think maybe it's made like neocons kind of calm down about it. Mm-hmm. And obviously North Korea is probably going to, the only way that they would hurt us is like maybe put a Roman candle on a carrier pigeon because they're poor. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not really concerned. Yeah, I could tell you about <laughs> Korea at another time. I was there for a year, okay. so I was oh, all over there. Okay. So yeah. Um, Question eight. What is your opinion on left libertarianism, and do you think it's more prominent now in the Libertarian Party? Well, this is a good question. I had an interview with Starwork, and it went sideways of what uh, uh, I wanted. <laughs> yeah, saw that. Um, yeah, and, and I, it looks like I was on my heels, but honestly, I, I protected a few friends, so I didn't call him out on things that I had screenshots of. Sure. And, and he was he was gracious to me. I, I, I want to thank him for coming on. I'm not a person that wants to destroy somebody else. It's just not in my nature. No, that's fine. Um, we get it. I, so I, did, I joined We Are Libertarians, and there's some left libertarians on there. I happen to find them more reasonable people, and so... I, Come on. You don't uh, have to worry. Uh, okay. No longer libertarians read. listen uh, to this show, so don't worry okay. about it. Oh, okay. I don't think there's <laughs> such thing as the left and the right. That's a false dichotomy. Um, okay, what how about is, this? Thick or that, thin? I can say thick or thin. We'll let her finish. Okay. Okay. So there are uh, what I would define as a, quote, left libertarian, um, and definition defining things and terms. It's, I don't know. I guess it's kind of stupid sometimes. But uh, it, it's somebody that's holding on to a little part of their statism. So mm-hmm. there are uh, closed borders libertarians. I'm open borders. There are closed borders libertarians that hang on to a little bit of their right statism. There are left libertarians that hold on to a little bit of the socialist uh, liberal statism. They're mm-hmm. just hanging on to pieces that, mm-hmm. that they should let go of, which ultimately ends up in anarchy. But even I wouldn't say that minarchists aren't libertarians. I, I hate that. You know, we were all there at one point. That's really stupid. And That's we true. need those people. Mm-hmm. Um, so left libertarianism, as long as they're not bringing too much leftism, um, the status leftism into the party, I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with it, uh, is them saying that it's okay to steal from other people to give to someone else. That's antithetical to libertarianism. I'm with you. Bam. So, Great answer. Yeah. Question nine. How do you think most Americans today view the wars around the globe? I would say that 99% don't even know uh, geography. Uh, (laughs) That's true. Yeah, Yeah, I um, get you on that. Yeah. So so I think maybe the left doesn't care because they're more concerned about pop culture and what's happening in like politics. And then the right would just put it all under the scope of uh, there's some brown person that wants to come kill me, so better me kill them first. 
uh, that's it's very shallow. It's a thousand miles wide and an inch deep. Right on, right on. Question ten: Why are you a member of the Mises Caucus, and what separates them from the other caucuses out there? And since we're, because this is very important that we talk about caucuses on this, uh, you know, the caucus and the caucuses here Ca- on the show. I, I love the word caucus. <laughs> I figured you did. <laughs> I figured you did. Um, well, I actually uh, made a really quick fall from uh, Big L Libertarian to anarchist. And I almost was an agorist at one point. And then Tom Arnold, I love you, Tom. He's not a member of the Mises Caucus. Oh, he's, no, he's friendly not. to us. Um, but uh, he's a, a dear friend, um, and he said, why aren't you voting? And I said, oh, voting is violence, blah, 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 everything I had parroted from people. And, right. and he talked me back into joining, and then actually a local friend of mine was like, you know what? I think these people are doing good things, and they're kind of trying to align the party back more to, like, just rooted libertarian principles. Uh-huh. And we need that. We need you can't have all these random factions and not have a faction that's just like hardcore Austrian economics. Right. We need everybody. And so I think they're, that they're a good weight for I think so too. all the caucuses. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Absolutely. Them and the radical caucus, they're both mm-hmm. great and they yeah. both are principled. And one is more economic related and the other one is mm-hmm. more socially maybe related. I would say, right. you know what I mean? Like social justice, or not social justice, excuse me, like yeah. criminal justice. And the other one would be more for economic justice. And um, right. to me, that Wait, they're, both, they're, they're both doing the same thing. They are. No, and I think that's important, Johnny, because like I said before, uh, I could talk economics all day. You know, I, I was a really principled neoconservative in as far as, insofar as economics. Um, I knew, you know, Friedman, Sowell, I, I just, I know them inwards and outwards, but I don't think that necessarily is my most passionate part. But I joined the Mises Caucus because I feel like a lot of people could fit into it and also breathing some new life in and maybe gaining some people from the right is not a bad thing. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you on this. And I always yeah. tell Raylene this, and Raylene, you could jump in really mm-hmm. if you want to comment on this. But I'm just saying, if we're going to go to anybody, I think it's really easy to... Uh, get people involved in the libertarian movement by going to the veterans, by people in the party who are or people in the establishment, mm-hmm. people who have been in these wars, people who do work at the DMV, people who do see the fraud, waste and abuse of the state. Those are the guys that we need to be talking to because they're like, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, man, I have to do all this. Mm-hmm. That it's against my morality and my ethics. And again, they wither away at it because they do it every day. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that, that's my problem. I think we need to be talking to the people in the state because they are the ones who actually see the every day. Yeah, we just have to help them be brave and take a leap of faith. And I think that spirituality is is something that's so weird and people do think of religion itself. But the truth is, is it takes faith in understanding the science backs up the, the truth, which is that the state is bad for itself. It, it or us. It grows itself. It's all about growing itself. And they don't care about you, me or anybody else. They are not a purveyor of morality. And so we have to teach people that in any way that they can receive it and everybody's a little different. So different messaging matters, right? I, I think that's an awesome point because, you know, uh, the Libertarian Party, and I even touched on this with Starwark, which he was actually had a, had some good points there. Um, we can't be like only this type of libertarianism. Mm-hmm. Uh, libertarianism, it, 
the Libertarian Party is a political party, but we have a little bit of a different uh, take than the, the right or the left. So there's like, here's our platform. This is hard line. Ours is like, here's this thing called the non-aggression principle. Right. And a lot of different, really weird people that don't necessarily, that wouldn't necessarily associate with each other mm-hmm. would also agree on this. So we mm-hmm. need to be okay with people that we don't agree with necessarily on moral issues besides non-aggression. Mm-hmm. Don't hit people. Don't take their stuff, basically. I love it. Now the bonus question. Hmm. Here we go. If you could oh. ask advice from any historical figure, male or female, who would it be and what would you ask them? I know. Uh, I get a lot for this. Go ahead. Um, it's a status. Because, okay. <laughs> I would ask Ayn Rand. Mm-hmm this question. Do you only love somebody to please yourself? Mm. Very, very, very good. Very good. That's, that's (laughs) great. And that's where I can fire. Give it up for Trisha Stewart. (laughs) Rock and roll. Anyways, though, this is Johnny Rocket. Always launching ideas in your direction. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Rock and roll. We're talking Trisha Stewart. Bam. 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 Ah, Fucking love it. All right, Raylene, take it away. Go. Bam. Okay. Number one, I want to say about the lipstick that there's also a biological reason, aside just from the fruit thing and the concepts of that, it's very similar to the fruit thing, that women's circulation is different when they are having uh, youthful and when they are having a little more of hormonal changes, so breasts will get fuller, uh, nipples will get darker, and the lips will yeah, get darker. I like and it I think, when they're, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> and I think that uh, sociobiology is real, and lipstick makes sense. It's, it's it to does. Look and I was going to say that. Youthful. No, actually, I was going to actually say that. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like yeah. a sign of life, right? If a woman has. It is. That's why back in the day, girl, women would pinch their cheeks to have a, a, like a, a natural rouge, blush. right? It's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like well, when you're ovu- when you're ovulating, your voice changes; it gets lower and richer, lower and then you're more and sexier mm-hmm. and more like mm-hmm. a kitten purring. It's absolutely mm-hmm. true. So, I just want to throw that out there for the boys that didn't know that yet. And uh, this is why then, the sex porn lines work so well in the eighties. <laughs> this is, I mean, seriously, this Liberty is why. Corn. What's that? Um, <laughs> so um, I, I was going to ask you about voting and violence, but you already answered that for me. So I'm going to do this. Uh, it, it's, a, it's not a softball. It's, it's important. In your opinion, what issues should libertarians and anarchists be more involved in um, and take a second look at to make a greater change for self-ownership? Um, I would definitely say anti-war and anti-police state. An- the police state will uh, be the downfall of this nation. Absolutely. Beautiful. Hmm. I don't know if I know. Okay, actually, I do know where I'm going to go with this. Where do you think refugees are going? And like, especially in Yemen, right? Let's bring it back to Yemen really quick. Oh, yeah. What countries Uh, and areas are they seeking refuge? Because, again, like England is dealing with the whole issue right now where they have so many immigrants coming in that pretty much there's no one white anymore. And I'm not saying that there's an issue with that. I'm just saying that a lot of their Mm -hmm. they're overwhelmed and they, they don't know what to do. Um, by us or by them going to war, there's people, if, if we're involved in a war, you know, there's all these refugees, right? Mm-hmm. So where are they going? Where are they trying to find safe havens? What's the deal in Yemen? Well, that's a good question, actually. So they've been denied um, entrance through a lot of countries as refugees. 
um, which we could probably relate to that. Yeah. Um, we go and fuck with South America and then we're all pissed when those people come here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's your own country. Um, Djibouti is a country in East Africa where a lot of them have gone, but it's not been, it's not voted well for them. What's mm-hmm. happening mainly, and this is what makes it more of a, a humanitarian crisis is no one will take them. And so they're making tent cities and they're, they're laying in filth with no clean water. Mm-hmm. They're and they're dying in tents. And there's mothers that can't breastfeed their children because they're pregnant and their babies are taking, like, it, it's it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I and, would go to and, Djibouti, too, because I just like the name, the I know. it sounds. Djibouti! Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I would go there, like, even if there wasn't a conflict here. Because I, I it's, think uh, they, <laughs> they, they applied for, like, refugee status, like some, uh, at, I think it was South Korea, and got denied in another country. It, it's crazy. No one will take them. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. But like everyone doesn't understand. Like, I think that there's like a lot of refugees. And, you know, again, if we bomb a country, you know, and we are providing and, and causing casualties and, you know, breaking up homes and families, it is our responsibility, even though I don't think the state should be involved. But in a, in a weird sense, I think if we do have a state and they did do it, they do have a, a responsibility to at least let them live here. I think I, you know what I'm, I'm saying? I, I would agree. And Johnny, to that end too, I, I would want to say, um, I did raise quite a bit of money for them last year because I was just very frustrated that nobody knew about what was happening there. And there is one organization that is bringing immediate relief. Now, once this conflict ends, hopefully soon, um, there will still be death tolls after that. It will mm. likely reach mil- a million. It will mm. likely reach a million. So these, we're reaching Holocaust numbers, but save the children, Sash Yemen, um, get immediate care. It's very difficult to get in there because of a blockade. So there's not a lot of uh, organizations that you would consider great libertarian or whatever. And yes, Save the Children has, you know, they have the UN on their side so they can get in there. But you know what? Who gives right now because there's kids themselves to death. So if you just go to Save the Children uh, slash Yemen, you can donate and it directly goes to personal care kits, hygiene kits, water, food, and it will immediately help. In the long run, I do not know what will happen. Um, likely, there's going to be a, a lost generation of Yemenis. Yeah, 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 it's really sad. All right, Raylene, prepare for a landing. Roger that, Johnny. Seat belts and shoulder harnesses. Your body, your choice. Landing gear and downward expanders. NAP initiated. Anti-state superchargers. Defragged and woke. Landing lights landing and guest websites. Trish Stewart, give us your dot com. Oh, gingershenanigans.com, but follow me on social media. You go to wearelibertarians.com. You can find my show in Gingerarchy on all major networks and platforms. Bam! Is that anything else? You got anything like Twitter or Instagram? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm Trisharchy at Twitter. I'm Trisha.Stewart at Twitter. But if you go to my social media, Trisha Stewart or Gingerarchy um, or wearelibertarians.com, you can find all my links. Right on. And Trisha, and, and again, thank you so much for being here. And Aww. if you... No, it's great. It was a great conversation. I learned really a lot about Yemen and lipstick. Uh, <laughs> I never even thought about those things before. And, and ovulation and sexiness. Yeah, right. I guess so. I guess Implant. so. You're With, surrounded by two anarchist women. You're in danger, Johnny. Hey, you know what? Some people would say I'm the I'm probably the luckiest guy in the world. So um, actually, I know you I've, are. Yeah. I am. I is. Um, but anyways, <laughs> if people want to hear more of Trisha, really, like what do they do and how the f- do they listen? Uh, okay, well, so uh, 
the best way to go is to go to wheelerappearance.com. That's where my show is posted on all major platforms. But please follow me on social media. And then um, definitely just keep plugging Save the Children slash Yemen. That's one of my most passionate positions. So, And you know, our supporters and listeners are going to be putting you on blast on the next show, which is going to be the Woo. after party. And so if they want to hear that, they could just go to supportblastoff.com and uh, give us a dollar and, and get to listen to the show. And if you give us $2, you get to hear just me and Johnny BSing after that on the all-nighter. Yeah, we have a lot of- talk about too so i'm regarding that so we're like oh we 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 don't talk about raylene and i it's like when we do talk offline not doing the show it's just constant bam 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 did you hear this johnny i'm like yeah i did what the fuck and then we go off for hours so this is our relationship we just are pissed off generally all the time anyways that was johnny rocket always launching ideas we'll see you next week make sure you subscribe at supportblastoff.com rock and roll